The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us this Saturday, and we'd just like to continue to talk about our favorite topic of late, right? We've been talking about the, it seems like we've been talking about the pillars of the Masculine Journey for a long time now. Brick by brick. (laughs) (laughs) I think we got about, we about have it built. Yeah, we're, we had a lot of pillars. Well, you know, that's the interesting thing. When we first started, we thought, you know, there's three or four. And as, you know, life continues to evolve for all of us, we start to think about it. No, there are other things that I need to have as a rock-solid pillar in my life. So, you know, there's five of us today, which is, is a big room. We've got Jim and Andy, Dennis, Robbie, and me. And uh, we're going to just be talking about the pillar of a battle plan, how to battle the enemy, right? If you don't have a plan, what's your chances of winning? Right? Mm, I've, I've tried that. It didn't work out well. Well, the war is one. We know that. But there's a lot of battles between now and when it finishes. Right? And so, you know, how well are we going to do in the midst of that? Um, we had several thoughts on it as we were talking about it earlier. But I want to uh, lay one out and then kind of go to a clip right away. Uh, but first I want to see, Robbie, can you name all the pillars that we had? I think I can try. We had faith. And then we had um, hope, love. Joy, we had a battle to fight, a beauty to rescue, an adventure to live. We had the pillar of community twice because yeah, we, did we it really need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then today, that yeah. would be nine. Am I? Did I get them all? Yeah. Oh, so nine can. pillars. <laughs> you know, that's going to be a pretty strong foundation. It's time to frame this baby in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I like we should keep it going till Christmas. <laughs> You know, I've been spending so much time down at the coast, and I see all those houses up on stilts. I, I know I'd like to have one that had nine pillars underneath it, especially when that storm comes in. But the, the first clip I want to play is one from a movie called Home Alone. And I know if you've seen it, if, it's, if you've been around Christmas time at all, you've probably seen one of the Home Alone movies. But, you know, I want you to think about there are times that we are called to battle alone. Not that, that, not that that's God inst- God's intent. That's not what I'm saying. But we find ourselves unexpectedly in a battle and we're by ourselves. and where we pick up kevin is woke up at his home if you haven't seen the movie and all of his family's left on vacation and forgot him and two guys are going to try to break in and rob his house and he decides he's going to defend his house this is my house i have to defend it hey i tell you what i'm gonna give you snakes i'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm going. One, two, ten. (laughs) Keep the change, you filthy animal. What happened? 
I don't know who's in there, but somebody just got blown away. Huh? Somebody beat us to the job. They're in there. Two of them. There was arguing. One of them blew the other one away. Who? I don't know. I thought I recognized one of their voices. And I know I heard that name Snakes before. <laughs> snakes? Snakes, snakes. I don't know no snakes. Snakes. shoes off. Why are you dressed like a chicken? I'm up here, you morons. Come and get me. You guys give up or you're thirsty for more? Heads up! Don't worry, Marv. I'll get him for you. <laughs> That's just painful. Even not seeing it, you know, thinking of that paint can coming down mm-hmm. and hitting the guy in the head. I think that's the scene that, that was from. I, you're exactly right. He's going up the stairs. But you got to admit one thing. Kevin had a plan. He did. I mean, he had laid it out piece by piece by piece. Like, mm-hmm. this, if they're going to come after me, they are going to pay the price. And, of course, who couldn't enjoy watching him mm-hmm. pay the price? Exactly. The, you know, you want to see the enemy go down, mm-hmm. right? So... Can we battle alone? I mean, is it possible? I mean, Scripture says it tells us mm-hmm. to resist the devil and he'll flee. Mm-hmm. Right? That's something you can do singularly, mm-hmm. right, as needed. But, Andy, does, has battling alone always worked out for you? Uh, sad to say no, but uh, that that was my occurring. That's what happened uh, with me, the biggest part of my Christian life. And I'd heard a lot about spiritual warfare and different stuff, but a lot of it was was – you know, I really wouldn't have minded having somebody to to help or whatever, but a lot of it was is you felt like you had to do it your own to be a man. You didn't want to show vulnerability. You didn't want to really share what you were struggling with a lot of times. So you did try to do those things on your own, and it didn't always work out. Now, on the other side of kind of what we've learned in a masculine journey um, and where we have a band of brothers to go to and where I reach out to you guys for help or other friends or whatever to pray with or stand with, you know, I'd, I'd, I'm much more open to doing that and calling in, you know, airstrikes or whatever from others to help out. But now I, it's so much easier now because you can't always do the phone a friend thing. You know, you may be in <laughs> a family argument or things that are not going right and you have to take it to God yourself. And, and the scripture that you said is the key and foundation is submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. That is key to that. That's a plan that you can use anytime you want. And then if you ha- as you have more time, that can be branched out to where you can p- call in the airstrikes. Yeah. I don't think you have an option for door number two. No. Either, <laughs> right. Right? Exactly. Yeah, you don't get a let's make a deal. <laughs> right. thing. There is a time that we're called to battle on our own. But Robbie, do you remember the end of the movie? Did that could Kevin even make it through the whole movie on his own? I don't know. This guy with the snow shovel that you know he's critical. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they just have Kevin; they're going to get him. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this guy comes out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and you know rescues him. Same thing in the second one, Andy. Yeah, you're pointing right, out yeah, that right. the lady with the birds. Yeah. Right. But there's even somebody that has a really great battle plan, and is executing well on it. Still needs assistance. Mm-hmm. 
And that's going to take us into that second clip. Jim, did you have a point you want to make? Well, I had a, and this will lead into the we do need that person to come to the rescue more often than not. And I hadn't thought of this in years, but when I was a cop in Charleston, I had a prisoner, the bike he had stolen. It was a juvenile, so it wasn't a big deal. But I was in a very rough part of town, and I ended up with a crowd. And they got my prisoner, and it was the only time I ever put a police officer in trouble call out. And they got the prisoner, they got the bike, and they were very close to getting me when the cavalry showed up. And and my only solution at that point was the the leader was going to get the first bullet, the other five would be scattered, but when they got my gun, it was going to be empty. But that was my only plan at that point. But getting bailed out of that, uh, there's never been a time when I was happier to see friends show up. I can imagine. I can't even put myself in those shoes. Even superheroes, police, right? Even the people that we look to as heroes need assistance. And so that takes us to the next clip from the Avengers. And we want to listen to this interchange between, um, it's the Hulk and who else? The Captain America. Captain America. So let's listen to it and we'll come back and talk about it. Dr. Banner, now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Guys? Call it, Captain. All right, listen up. Until we can close that portal, our priority is containment. Barton, I want you on that roof. Eyes on everything. Call out patterns and strays. Stark, you've got the perimeter. Anything gets more than three blocks out, you turn it back or you turn it to ash. You give me a lift? Right. Better clench up, Legolas. Thor, you gotta try and bottleneck that portal. Slow him down. He got the lightning. Light up. You and me, we stay here on the ground. We keep the fighting here. And Hulk. Smash. <laughs> so, Robbie, that that clip really inspired you today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, at the beginning of that clip, you know, where he says it's a really good time for you to to get angry, and I started to put together that you know I'm working on the core desires talk for our boot camp coming up. That one of the core desires is a battle to fight. And anger is something that really I'm always almost been afraid of my own anger because I think deep inside of me is that Hulk. And I don't want that guy coming out because it can get really go bad. But it's an interesting thing that real war, God put that adrenaline in you for that to come out for that moment like like Jim had where all of a sudden you didn't need to be the Hulk and you do need to smash. And that's something that's inside there. And the beauty of it, in it, the way John Eldridge describes it, is what would it be like to be a man who could live Psalms 119.32, where David said, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. In other words, to be able to run in that full fury of all the power that you have as a man, and you know what is in there under that temper of yours, what if you could use all that? Into for God's glory and for his strength and against the enemy and actually channel that that anger. Well, Robbie, I'm just glad you actually read the scripture and didn't paraphrase it like you did before. <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad he's not still kicking people's butts at airports. 
that's where that <laughs> anger can come out sometimes. I think, though, that uh, one of the things I think about, though, is how we see ourselves and maybe sometimes how uh, – and we talk about this at boot camps when we go off in that covenant of silence. You know, God may see you totally different than you see yourself. Like, I never started to see myself as a warrior or someone that would do battle. I always thought of myself as kind of the peace and love guy when it came down to it. And I didn't like to fight, per se. But uh, God showed me in one of the boot camps that really part of me was built to be a warrior. And that meant standing up for – doesn't mean going and bullying or beating people up, but it does mean standing up for yourself and standing up for a cause, standing up for God, standing up for your family. You know, like Robbie when he hits people in the airport. <laughs> and that's what it is. He raises a passion in you to stand at the right time. We'd like for you to go register for the boot camp. There's so much there for you. I know God's got something special for you because he does every time we go. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to register now. We'd love to see you in a couple weeks. Join us there. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way, you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I am William Wallace. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Find out from Jesus what you will do with that freedom. A four-day adventure with God. It's a Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. Boot Camp is designed to give men permission to be what God designed them to be, passionate warriors for the kingdom. Coming this November, the 9th through the 12th, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to register while you're thinking about it. Between good and evil, and it's raging inside of me. There's a struggle with God and the devil, it's love against the enemy. Whoa, oh, no, I'm not giving up now. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. I just got wrapped up in listening to that. Yeah. Um, but, but Dennis, who was that that sang that song? Chris August, contemporary okay. Christian cool. artist. I actually hadn't heard that song until a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I think it really speaks kind of to one of the points you made about the, the battle that goes on within. Mm-hmm. We don't have to fight that battle alone. As a matter of fact, right. we're never alone. But we do have that going on within us. I experienced that recently where I felt like I was under attack from, from Satan, you know, trying to bring me down, trying to get me to, to, to go back to some agreements I'd had in the past and struggled with it. Uh, but we have to understand that we have that battle, and we have to understand we have an enemy and who that enemy is. Absolutely. So far, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the pillar. Go, go figure. We're talking about pillars still. We're talking about the pillars of having a battle plan against the enemy to make sure that we have a battle plan. And so far, we talked about sometimes you find yourself alone, and to this point, you're not honestly alone. You have mm-hmm. God with you, but alone without other humans mm-hmm. to support you. And that you have to sometimes enter in that, even if you're not willing to. Otherwise, you're going to get trampled over, right? You're going to be taken advantage of. Then the second thing was you need a a support team. And we had from the Avengers that you need people around you, no matter how strong you are, how strong of a Christian you think you are, how good of a person you think you are, you always need help. God put us here to be in community, to be in Mm -hmm. relationship. And and that was by design from the Mm -hmm. beginning. 
now we get to having a battle plan. And so I'm wondering, we had that uh, clip at the, the break that talked about from William Wallace. I wonder if William Wallace stole some of that from this person here, from, <laughs> from General Patton. And so we're going to listen to a, a clip from Patton, Patton on having a battle plan. An army is a team. It lives, eats, sleeps, fights as a team. This individuality stuff is a bunch of crap. Now, we have the finest food and equipment, the best spirit, and the best men in the world. You know, actually pity those pubs we're going up against. By God, I do. We're not just going to shoot. We're going to cut out their living guts and use them to grease the treads of our tanks. We're going to murder those lousy huns by the bushel. Now, some of you boys, I know, are wondering whether or not you'll chicken out under fire. Don't worry about it. I can assure you that you will all do your duty. The Nazis are the enemy. Wade into them. Spill their blood. Shoot them in the belly. When you put your hand into a bunch of goo that a moment before was your best friend's face, you know what to do. Now, there's another thing I want you to remember. I don't want to get any messages saying that we are holding our position. We're not holding anything. Let the Hun do that. We are advancing constantly, and we're not interested in holding on to anything except the enemy. We're going to hold on to him by the nose, and we're going to kick him in. We're going to kick out of him all the time, and we're going to go through him like crap through a goose. There's one thing that you men will be able to say when you get back home. And you may thank God for it. Thirty years from now, when you're sitting around your fireside with your grandson on your knee, and he asks you, what did you do in the great World War II? You won't have to say, well, I shoveled in Louisiana. <laughs> you know, I don't remember right. Patton having you know those little <laughs> sorry, having those little stops in his conversation. Well, but it's really weird how he threw those. He's got. What I want to know is who's going to give the Patton speech at the next boot camp. <laughs> well, well, the thing that and you brought this up, Andy, that he uses, and and Patton knew his scripture, mm-hmm. and Patton was a man, and anybody, and I've I've actually known several people that fought in his army, and they had a deep deep love for that man and deep respect but what he's what it says in the scriptures the kingdom of god is forcefully advancing mm-hmm. or violently advancing mm-hmm. and violent men take hold of it well mm-hmm. Patton was that mm-hmm. and he and he advanced and we're not going to hold any right, ground right. and the kingdom's not gonna and we're going to take hold of this thing mm-hmm. and we're going to move forward and you know it's an interesting thing in ministry as you get a chance to see this believe mm-hmm. me the enemy's coming mm-hmm. And to actually have a plan, I never would have guessed that I'd find myself where I am today where literally I have I pray mm-hmm. for a good 45 minutes to an mm-hmm. hour specifically a battle plan every single morning mm-hmm. to take on what I know is headed our direction mm-hmm. because when that kingdom of heaven starts forcefully advancing as it does in these boot camps, Sam, you know it as well as mm-hmm. I do. 
Um, the enemy does not take that stuff laying down, and he's coming after you. Yeah, he doesn't like the fact that we're trying to do anything we can to be a part of an environment where God gets their heart back or takes them to deeper levels of intimacy with him that, than people ever knew. And, and so it's an amazing thing. But part of having a battle plan, you know, just to give you some things that you can kind of put your hands around and say, okay, what's that look like? You know, you need to really sit down and honestly know your own story. You need to know where the enemy's tripped you up before. I'm sure it's probably not once that he's done it. It's probably been a pattern, you know, if you're like me or the rest of us in this room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that he continually mm-hmm. trips you up on. And, and know what has worked in the past, right? Because if you don't know your enemy, you don't know how to battle him. And, and I was thinking earlier, Robbie, when you are talking before the show about, and Andy brought up the point of violent men. Yeah, we need God in the midst of that and to lead the way. But we got to do our part, mm-hmm. Right, if we, we just can't sit back and say, "Okay, God, you got it," right? Because he didn't. He didn't create. Could he do it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did he create the, the things to be that way? No. We're to walk with him in the midst mm-hmm. of this battle, and you can see him doing it with David many, many times throughout Scripture, right? And every one of them was a little bit different because he needed God in the midst of it. I've heard this talked about a few times, and I just wanted to share because I think that something Robbie said just struck me too that. There's really a, more to one, more than one component to having a battle plan. I mean, there's, a, there's, there's having the plan, putting together the plan. And anyone will tell you that uh, I have a game plan for my life, and I actually started doing it when I was at the rescue mission. Now, what it forced me to do was take a look at key areas in my life, and, I, and as part of that, I had to look at where I got caught up in things with giants or whatever so the game plan takes that into account then there has to be preparation which i'm thinking about your daily prayer i'm thinking about being around brothers but then a plan and you you hear this over and over again without the execution of it it means nothing so you also have to execute the plan and i think that that's one of the things that stuck out with me with this apollo 13 clip if we have time to get to it is not only did they they had a plan but they also had to account for things that went wrong and plenty of things went wrong on Apollo 13, and then they had to they had to put together another plan and execute it, and they had to have someone to lead them through all that, and you really hear that happening. Yeah, why don't we go ahead, and, Howard, play that clip from Apollo 13, and listen to what's happening as they realize everything's not going as planned. Okay, people, listen up. I want you all to forget the flight plan. From this moment on, we are improvising a new mission. We'll, Sorry, we'll get somebody to look at that. How do we get our people home? They are here. We turn them around, straight back, yes. direct abort. No, 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 sir. We get them on a free return trajectory. It's the option with the fewest question marks for safety. I agree with Jerry. Use the moon's gravity slingshot them around. No, the LEM will not support three guys for that amount of time. It barely holds. I mean, we've got to do a direct abort. We do an about face, we bring the guys right home right now. Get them back soon, no. absolutely. We don't even know if the Odyssey's engine's even working, and if there's been serious damage to this spacecraft. They blow up and they die. That is not the oh, argument. We're talking about time, not whether or not these guys are I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you. Let's hold it down. Let's hold it down, people. The only engine we've got with enough power for a direct the board is the SPS on the service module. What Lovell has told us, it could have been damaged in an explosion. So let's consider that engine dead. We light that thing up, could blow the whole works. Just too risky. We're not going to take that chance. 
that the only thing the command module is good for is re-entry, so that leaves us with Dilem, which means free return trajectory. Once we get the guys around the moon, we'll fire up the Lem engine, make a long burn, pick up some speed, and get them home as quick as we can. Gene, I I'm wondering what the, what the Grumman guys think about this. We can't make any guarantees. We designed the Lem to land on the moon. Not fire the engine out there for course correction. Well, unfortunately, we're not landing on the moon, are we? I don't care what anything was designed to do. I care about what it can do. So let's get to work. Let's lay it out. You know, I was listening in the middle of that. I kept thinking about some of the church boards I've been on. (laughs) (laughs) And how if God doesn't step in and lead it, you know, it would sound very much like that on a daily basis with us as humans and, you know, having our own strong opinions. Jim, you've been quiet in a while. Is there something that you would like to share with us? One of the things I loved about both this clip and the Avenger one is you have someone in charge, and ultimately the decision is his. That's God's in our situation, but we have to have a human representative of that. So there's a hierarchy. There's also a use of the talents of each individual. They all have different ones, and they all are going to their strength to fight together, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whether it's the Avengers literally fighting or them fighting to save the Apollo 13. They work together, except for maybe the Grumman guys. (laughs) So as we as we think through some of the battle plan, I know we talked about prayer, we talked about preparation, talked about having understanding it won't always go the way that you think it will. The question I have for not just you guys in the room and for myself, but to people listening, do you live your life expecting opposition? You know, do you wake up every day saying, Life's gonna be opposed today? Or you just wake up thinking, Wow, if I can just get till five, everything's gonna be great. Honestly, I think I pray some mornings that there won't be any opposition because Mm -hmm. I'm not in the mood to fight that day. But that's not reality, and that's not living in this world. It's it's almost like saying, okay, I I give up for today, and that's when I'm at my worst, my absolute worst. Yeah, when I I find myself there, that's when I make really poor decisions. I love that kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and and violent, And and I tend to think that in the morning like how can I bring it violently today what can I do to really bring the kingdom in what I do today and the answers that you're asking about is going to be found in walking with God so this week I'd like for you to just talk to him about God what have I been battling what do you want me to enter into the battle here what's that look like and where are you leading me well hopefully he's leading you to the next boot camp which is coming up November 9th through 12th go to masculinejourneyradio.org to register now we'll see you next week